hello to all my guys, gals, and non-binary pals of Podcastland, and welcome to another episode of Friday Night Fights, a worldwide wrestling actual play podcast. Thank you for being here for this long. You have made it officially to the first Fireside Chat special, where we're just going to talk about everything that has transpired in our little promotion, as well as mostly me expressing my feelings in the game and outside of the game in the world of wrestling. It's going to be a great time. We might get canceled now. Thanks for joining us so far. If you have no idea who is talking right now, hi, welcome to the show. My name is Mikey, and I am the lovely creative for this little actual play podcast. You can follow me on all the social medias at Pop Culture Geek. Mostly I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, but you can also follow us collectively on those same social media sites at DD Vibe Tribe Production. Make sure to give us a like and follow so that way you're up to date of all the things going on here at the Vibe Tribe Productions, which is a lot <laughs> to put it nicely. Seven actual play podcasts, three other podcasts, and then we're already brainstorming ideas. It's a great time here. But of course, I cannot do any of this by myself, and that is why I have my amazing cast of players here with me tonight. So we're going to do a round of introductions, and then we're going to get into the shit talking, so it's going to be good. Hello, everyone. I am Echo. You probably know me as the John Makaza 6 in this podcast. I also play in other D&D Vitri productions, as in the Academy... That's a paint town and Hecna, which those two aren't out yet, most likely, but they're going to be great. Just wait and see. Oh, <laughs> very good. You, mini commercial slipped in there. Not bad. I pass, I pass it on. <laughs> What's up, guys? Minimoz2218. Uh, gets me on socials. Same thing. Even though I, I don't post very often when I'm there. I'm lurking. Mostly watching TikToks. I play Axel in this great game. He's the big boy of the group, one of the co-founding members of the Cole Club. You know how it is. Yes, sir. I'm also on, when that comes out, I'm also in the Academy. You can catch me there. Uh, but yeah. Hi, my name is John Crossway. I am a uh, actor and teacher and voiceover person and improviser and cause many a trouble. Uh, you can also hear me on the Call of the Deep podcast also on this channel and i cause many havoc over there uh, i'm also on the tiktok you can look me up my last name is a beast you can't miss it i'm still angry at the algorithm one of these days i'll go back over there i just haven't i haven't gotten over my anger for the tiktok yet uh, but yeah i'm on a netflix show called gogo Corey carson if you have children and want them to watch television consciously uh, that's good uh, other than that i'm just excited to be here and I'm also the slightly erotic Viking Santa, which you know that by now, Bjorn Kringleson. My manager is Blitzen the Kitten, and also a part of the whole club. Has anything happened to Blitzen? I haven't missed anything. Blitzen's still okay. No, Blitzen's hat. fine. Blitzen's great. Blitzen. <laughs> is a co-manager? Yes. What? It slightly oh, no. happened like towards the end of the pay-per-view, but don't worry about it. Things are going to be fine. We promise. I'll go grab Blitzen. Oh, Blitzen. We love it. Thank you, thank you, John. And of course, last but certainly not least, tonight we have Christopher. Or Chris. Hello. Oh, wow, that's been a while since I've called, been called Christopher. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> wow. It's like, yeah, call me Daddy, yes, sir. Oh, God. <laughs> just it's actually funny because my dad has this joke from back when I was in, like, grammar school. I was really excited when I learned how to say my, my name in Spanish. So since second grade of middle school to now, he still calls me Cristobal. Cristobal. Like every time he hangs up the phone, every time he refers to me, he refers to me to that. Christopher in Spanish is Cristobal? Yeah. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, Cristobal. Like, like, like the yep. things that wizards pondered? Cristobal? Right. Not Crystal Ball. <laughs> That's I mean, my sounds... And now appearing right on season that. 16 of RuPaul's Drag Race, coming to the stage <laughs> now, have... Crystal Ball. No <laughs> relation to Crystal I... Method. I know, someone <laughs> on... I know someone who was on that show, and I don't know if I could tell that story on this podcast. <laughs> we'll talk afterwards, because now I have questions. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Lots, lots of things I could say off the air. Yes. 
<laughs> anyway, I play the Umbral Talon, the Provocateur, on Friday Night Fights, that your new Bedlam Break champion. I'm also part of the Cold Club now, which is fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can find me on various other social media, same name as Pup Papriku, any of that. You can also find me here on Furusato as Kaito Shiba. And you can find me as your dungeon master on the academy in which 80% of everybody else here is actually also in. <laughs> John, uh, John may actually show up as an NPC at some point because I can't leave him out at this point. <laughs> but we recently just had our session one and I am excited for what I have. Uh, and you can also listen to, to my and you can also listen to my glitchy voice mod on that episode when it comes out because <laughs> apparently the phone app likes to just randomly put on voice changers whenever it wants to <laughs> that's a thing yeah it, i don't know if i was t hitting my phone or something because i was using my phone as like a stream deck i don't know if i was accidentally hitting something but i'd be in the middle of saying something and all of a sudden i'd go into like really deep distorted voice wow <laughs> it was yeah, like, I, I i just said it was the dj who's commentating on everything i mean he probably is right. i couldn't think of anything but anyway wow. check that out when it comes out it's gonna be a lot of fun oh my goodness it's a great time this episode is going to be our fireside chat, where we're just going to talk about everything that has transpired in the game. Just see where the conversation goes. We might have some laughs. There might be some tears. There will definitely be some more head-scratching moments. But uh, yeah, so... You have a lot of expectations for what's about to happen, Mikey. <laughs> we're going to cry. We're going to laugh. You might not. I, I cannot leave. I mean, throw back. I will not be here because I don't exist technically yet. <laughs> yeah, that. This will also be a good opportunity to catch you up on all the shenanigans that has transpired, which actually. Let's just get into it, shall we? <laughs> so, the first place I want to start is the fact of part of our character creation that was recorded was trying to figure out exactly what our promotion was and we settled with insane asylum wrestling from where that started to where it has evolved now is just ridiculous and i loved it every step of the way and okay let's just revisit the character choice let's just revisit the character choices everyone has made so like the what we had on paper from session zero to where we ended up now i'm just like Let's just start with all that. Yes, please. Okay, so this is my question, and this could be to anybody since all of y'all are part of the faction now. What inspired you to create this faction of the Cold Club? Because I was only introduced to it when it was happening during the actual game, and I was like, I'm here for it, let's do it. But anyone uh, at this point can answer that breaking question loose. all hell was breaking loose and mini sent me a message we should be a faction it was like oh what could go wrong everything we're already becoming a tag team and there's like three of those guys so let's make our own faction we're just gonna think of a dope name for it i was like he said Clarence likes to give out coal i like to smack the shit out of people the coal club oh yeah and then everyone else. So I had to join at but, that rate. It wasn't I mean, just randomly adopting people. Like, just from character creation, I remember as we were figuring out the heat and who, uh, what our relationships were like with each other, It just through that, me and Axel had this friendship <laughs> because of my shiny pants. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> our original name was going to be RNG for red, red and green but i was like wait we should just add it be called the coke and that's well, what happened from there we were meet, we kept meet, we kept ending up in a boiler room there are all these little nuanced things that kept showing up i was like yeah i think it's gonna be i can't remember what episode i was throwing coal i had presents and some of them were coal and they were like i think, matching, I think it was the first one you're matching against me yeah and it was like <laughs> coal's hitting kid it's in the face <laughs> and i'll just keep going and, so i remember all that I think, and then, oh gosh, there was something that Wheels did early on, too, where it was Cole. Something oh. happened, I can't quite remember. Wheels, no! Wheels! Talk about Wheels. 
Oh, I'm Love still it. out for revenge. Yeah. I still haven't gotten it. I don't care that you lost the title. I'm still in, out for revenge. In the, in the background of whenever they were celebrating Monster Major Celebration, I put it through a table. After I just put it through a table. It was all kinds is, of glorious. What's tough about factions, and we're covering this here, but factions in wrestling in general, genre, stuff like that, this sort of, there's no real initiation. You just appear. And now you're like you're now you're in the now you're in NWO like now you're in this and that like now you're in the faction but there's never really like a just so is this amalgamous thing where you're one of us great now you're not now you are uh, there, it, it, it's like in most stuff it's like there's the initiation right where you gotta and like fantasy you gotta beat up the blood dragon and take its blood and drink it right. but for this it's just no you're probably gonna come over here it was also it was also the fact that we all had a common goal. Uh, because we all got wronged by the same person. <laughs> Nothing brings people together like hatred. That's kind of thing. Uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm just waiting for that to happen to me. <laughs> we should, we, we should have an issue. I think you gotta drink, like a whole like, like Viking like horn of eggnog. Yeah, but you don't get to know if it's eggnog or not. We just call it eggnog, and we yeah. just say, drink this out of this horn, and we don't tell you what it is. Suspicion. <laughs> There's a lot of awkward looks on the Discord. Wait, what? It's like, it's like, but no, so with the idea of faction, no, with the idea of factions too, because like, Minnie sent it to me, be like, yo, can we be a faction? I was just like, I have, I had not planned this, but I am here for it because this is just. I had as not planned this. Well, the way that I approach most of my games is that this is a collaborative game, it's not just me putting everything together and you guys are running around in it Minnie's just like yo can we start a faction i'm like i had no original plans but yes i am here for it because why not and it has turned into one of the coolest bits of this previous arc that we just completed with this pay-per-view with lock the lockdown pay-per-view and now it's going to add a whole nother dynamic for the next arc because all of you and spoil alert for those who haven't listened to the episodes past all of you now are holding championships, which the cool thing with Worldwide Wrestling as the game master slash creative, everything is so expendable. Like you could just change things on the fly if that's how you feel, how the story is going. And that has happened almost every single t episode that we had so far <laughs> there's like one or two matches where i already had the outcomes picked and then just because of the storytelling of what was happening with character choice no nah, we gotta change the end to this real quick i don't know what happened in the first episode of that but i know i think i appeared in the second episode wait yes uh, you appeared you appeared in the second episode because i remember you as i was getting fixed up from but, my injury but that no longer is going to be the second episode that's when I threw the TV. That's when I th what did I throw? I threw something in that episode. I'm because gonna I'm gonna say session. We can refer it to as session two because that was session two for us, yeah, regardless se of the episodes. I guess so. Yeah. 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 Appeared session two. That's when I came in and did the whole. That was a double whammy. Huh? Where I first appeared, and I made Minnow evil. Excellent. It's just. <laughs> that, it was. Uh, now. Talk about a shocky moment. That was for me as the creative. That was the first real oh shit moment that happened. Axel's like, nah, I'm raging. I'm going full heel now. I'm like, wait, what? Uh, What's interesting is we've never behaved like traditional faces or heels this whole time. No, like, we're like anti heroes. I, we're everything we've played the opposite of. Like, I'm the heel, I but I everyone I, likes them. I <laughs> think I'm the only one that really played true face. Yeah. I've, and there's only one other face, and I act like a heel. Yes! Sure, and I was a heel, but everything I did was funny. So it was like, well, this is, okay, we like you. It's like, okay, we're, I guess. Yeah. We're supposed but, to be like the Bullet Club of the Smusher, but we're more like DX. It's, that's what's yes. turning into that a little bit, yeah. That is the... But see, I what think the that's the that? beauty of this... Oh, that's right. You're the you're what the oh, only sorry. one that so, has no action. Oh, so poor man. The Bullet Club was a faction created in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I believe it's where it started. It's either that or Ring of Honor. I can't remember which one it started. It became a massive stable in indie wrestling. It dominated multiple indie scenes. And it was at one point their t-shirts were outselling some WWE t-shirts. Wow. Ooh. Huge faction in indie wrestling. I've heard of this. Was the was started in the Attitude Era with Shawn Michaels and Triple H. I believe it's who started it. 
And it was a huge, like, comedic, but also powerful stable within WWE during the Attitude Era and the early 2000s of the Ruthless Aggression Era. They did the whole WCW invasion. They brought a tank in the WCW. Um, they're, like, some of the funniest and best moments of, like, aggression era in early 2000s WWE was caused by DX. Group was like those two were hilarious together. Okay. Oh, then like NWO, everything that Scott Hall, rest in peace, and Kevin Nash were doing in NWO was just mm-hmm. hysterical. After a while, like it was a similar attitude feel. But there was I- like it was like a lot of these factions were supposed to be that 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 evil group rather than mm-hmm. just an evil person. But then they just became this kind of comic relief yeah, it was never, yeah and i think the factions if they take themselves so seriously they don't it's work be ridiculous yeah the only like, one that ever truly worked to me was the god uh, evolution batista triple h yeah. ready order rick flair i think it's because of rick flair but, but then like, the acolytes where they were just supposed to be like some dark evil you're in a cult thing and it was just, we wear black and hit people. It's like, okay, come on. All right. Oh, cults. Their finisher was dope. Their team finisher was <laughs> And it's was so dope. interesting, too. That's true. That, it's uh, really, yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting, too, because as, yes, we're going to be talking about the game, but we're also wrestling fans, so it helps kids. <laughs> but it's so interesting, too, because <laughs> as the 2000s progressed, like, at least from the WWE side, it's just like the factions, they moved away from having these big old factions because then like from the 2010s onwards, there aren't, there weren't that many factions. There were some tag teams, but not like big factions. It wasn't until NXT 1.0 may it rest in peace. (laughs) Triple H's black and gold NXT where you actually had factions and yes, I can, uh, indie wrestling fans, yes, WWE fans. I know that the Undisputed Era is over talked about, but they were the only <laughs> faction that was working. And then, like, you had Johnny Gargano and his faction with Austin Theory and Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae. That was great, too. But if we're talking about factions in modern day, the one place that it's really working is in AEW because. Literally, almost every single person on that roster is some sort is in some sort of faction. You have the Dark Order, you have the the Young Bucks with Kenny Omega and all them. The Elite fan club, the Chris Jericho. Uh, I think it's what they call. I think it's called something like that too. The, oh, it's a, the Chris Jericho Appreciation Society now. So what makes it's it stupid? But a, no. what makes a faction more than two people? Four. Then a New Day is a faction. Like I think it's four. four, like four horsemen. Like that's kind of yeah. thing. You have to is there the first two. major faction does, with the four horsemen? I, does it go by orgy rules? Well, that's two people, on... three people is a threesome. Four people is an orgy. Four is. <laughs> I had no idea. I feel like we're learning happened. a lot about people. Like I have never heard that, but I guess that's honestly like it's not that far off in my head of how uh, factions. I've been work. in a weird place this past weekend. I'm going to apologize in advance. More ways than one, into, apparently. Uh, once you get into complicated, uh, once you get into complicated math, yeah, I think you're right. It's an orgy. Once it's like divided <laughs> by two, now it's an orgy. If it's three over one, that's not an orgy. That's just a mistake. It's probably something else. <laughs> 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 I like I've learned. So- Stay tuned. You're going to learn a lot more. You didn't know. We learned about wrestling and orgies here on this podcast. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) But yeah, so factions is an interesting idea. So So four. If it's four, it's a faction. If it's three, it's just awkward. It's a tag team still because I think it's called the Freebird rule. Because there's a tag team called the Freebirds back there that was three people. And they, two of them won the tag team champion. So it's like, okay. is this guy considered a tag team champion? Yes. Three words will. So when all three of them are together and two of them have the tag team champions, so like Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods have the tag team champion, they won them. Big E is also considered a tag team champion as well. He can also defend those belts. Fascinating. Because like, not to- WWE rules. Yeah. Because they're no worse like the old school too cool with Chris Bryan and Rikishi and what's his name? Like that wasn't- uh, Scott too hotty. Yeah, good knowledge. Like that. I love Scotty too, Hottie. Is that a that's a faction? Or that's just that's a tag team, right? That's a tag. Wow. Technically, right now, the only major faction that being at WWE right now is is Roman Reigns's. 
Technically, there's not four active participants, but there's four people total. It's Roman, the Usos, and Paul Heyman. So I think that's considered a faction right now. I gotta make yeah. time to watch more and do this research on awkward things like factions and threesomes. I've never knew I needed another. Actually, that's, yeah, because that's that would be considered a faction, and it's yeah. You, oh my gosh! Honestly, yeah, they're really the only faction in WWE because everyone else is either in a tag team. Okay, this is the first rant of the night, so we're just going to talk oh. about it. So at the time of this recording, too, Pete Dunne made his main roster debut. Okay. And WWE, if you ever listen to this podcast, hi, I review your content. When you call up people <laughs> from NXT to the main roster, please do not give them a stupid name change for no damn reason. Pete Dunne, the bruiser way, is such a badass. And then you name him Butch. What about, like, Dewdrop? Like... Horrible name change for no reason. No, like, okay. What are you doing? Let me go off real quick. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> no, so I've said my piece with this, but I think Piper Niven is so much better, and then she's just dewdrop. I'm like, I accepted it for a little bit because once she was free of Eva Marie, I thought, oh, she's going to go back to Piper Niven, or maybe they're going to let her use her Viper, which is her nickname, which is badass because she's a badass big female wrestler. No, her name is Dewdrop, but it's. I don't ever understood the, the need to change a name to put someone over. And I feel like it does the opposite half the time. It's just. What? But why? It's. It is a. It is a. How do we put this nicely? You know what? This is rated explicit, so we can curse in here, but. What the fuck? <laughs> okay, I'm like, yeah, fuck. <laughs> I hate We're, to do. I hate to do this, but we should get back on track. Oh, we will. This, this is <laughs> on track. This oh, is on track. What are you doing? So Adolfo's here. Adolfo, we were talking about what makes a faction. If it was three, but three is a threesome, and two is a tag team. But if it's a tag team with an extra person, it's not a threesome. It's just an actual tag team, but somebody's out of place, and a faction is four people. Or an orgy. That was technicality. I'm just repeating what, what. Yeah. I don't think you're wrong. I see the wheels turning. Oh, Adolfo was like, wait, what? I just walked into a word problem. I had no idea. <laughs> so, Goodbye, bro. Welcome go to my world. Where would a gangbang fit in all this? And that, that's what it's like. Oh, That's more gosh. than a faction. That's, so that's more that's, than a faction. No, a gangbang is where it's still three people, but it's like like the old school like Team Extreme, or it's like two guys, one girl. Okay, okay. All right, okay. I okay. you call that. Okay. So a gangbang's a choice, but a faction you're initiated. Oh, okay. I guess. Am I too far mm -hmm. off here? Do we call a faction a faction of Bukaki then? That's a ritual. Yeah, but, that would be like that, initiated that, that, into the faction. You would have to. And also, and that would involve involve like cups and shit. And a lot of, that's a lot too of much. Props. Yeah, that's a lot of work. Yeah, that's that is a lot of work. The fact that you just showed up and you rolled with it, my gosh. <laughs> Adolfo don't play. Adolfo was there. <laughs> I'm still trying to translate everything in my mind. Wait, Chris what did I miss? Like, <laughs> oh, you, you oh, just, buddy. Oh, Chris is back. So, you, Chris. You missed the gangbang. <laughs> Which was a faction. We figured out what a gangbang was, and there was a, there's a little bit of a stipulation to that. There which is. is. Yeah, which is not a Bukaki thing. That's an initiation into a faction, but those get messy, and there's props, and you don't want to deal with all that stuff. Yeah. That was just it a just... fraternity. That's just a frat thing. That's just, <laughs> that's just, oh, that's yeah, just paddles in the dark. Like, that's oh, all that but, is. But, but no homo. Yeah, no homo. <laughs> just just remind our audience that our very first episode was called Slide the Erotic Viking Santa Claus. You're welcome. <laughs> and it you never know went what up you got there. yourself into. Stayed right Yo, there. honestly. But now that we have that lovely imagery in everybody's uh, heads. Nobody said <laughs> picture it. You all started to picture it. Let's be honest. Everyone's face. Uh, oh, oh. I'm okay. just trying to translate all this. <laughs> You're just like, no, my. <laughs> but yeah, so factions, everybody. We have the Cole Club, which is made up of pretty much 80% of our playable cast here. Actually, so, actually, actually you're welcome everyone. for the history lesson. Oh, yeah, that's right, because Teddy Manager John is part of a faction, just not the Cole Club. He's with the Bayou Brotherhood. I'm actually part of both now. I, and I don't know if it was established. Long, oh, yeah. long explanations. I don't know if it was explained or established yet. To because we, we are fireside chatting, right? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. Okay. Um, the whole cool club 
that was a total improv thing. That was not planned. That was not stay. We did it. That was that shit just like it was a boiler room talk between two gentlemen and a cat. And it just expanded. <laughs> that is legit what that's happened. That's the most articulate way you could have explained exactly what it's, happened. But that is exactly so what so happened. That is exactly what happened. Two dudes in a boiler room with a cat. That's like Old Testament type stuff. Two men in a boiler room were talking to a cat. And by the prophecy they chose. I feel like they came over to my house, Our stole my was ass. Bush. They stole my actual cat, my actual cat, to just be like, you are now going to be our manager. My cat is somehow smarter than, smarter than actual. I mean, that cat's a notary. That cat signs documents. That cat's dating. <laughs> that cat's legit. That's smarter than actual. Yeah. This is probably true. Yep. But got tricked by a can of salmon. You tricked a cat with a can of salmon? Did I miss that? Oh, Manager man. John has his ways. Oh man, I gotta go back to the end of the paper. <laughs> We're workshopping everything, but yes, eventually that, he's attempting to try to get on your guys' good side. But out of everything that has transpired, we shall see what happens. Speaking of yeah. which, so can I? Let me ask this honest question really quick to everybody now of course because i am the game master i am the god of this world so part of the creative just like most wrestling promotions i already know the results beforehand but can we call you can i want to ask Russo? you're gonna get mad oh silence i apologize <laughs> I'm a, we're gonna put a pin in that because i'm like <laughs> I have to think about it, so we'll put a pin in that and we'll come back to it. It'll probably be a no, but there might be... I don't want to say 100% no yet, but more than likely, no. (laughs) I don't want to be compared to Vince Russo. That was a bygone era. But anyways, I'll be completely honest. Maybe one of you would have been championed by the end of the pay-per-view. It was not in my original plan to have everybody be a champion. Here's the real question, Mikey. What was your original plan? Yeah. Okay. So this is... Is this is this before I joined or after I joined? I think it's always I mean, changing, man. It's all... Even during the session, it just changes. I just roll with it. So here was my original plan. So like... Here with the storylines that I had created initially based on what we talked about from session zero, my original plan. So let's just break it down into the championships because then we'll get a chance to talk about all the storylines that have occurred with the championships. So let's start with the IAW championship. So here was my original plan. Now, I still had Tana be a complete to everybody. And so she was going to lose it. However, in my original plan, the way that it was going to work is that the finals of the number one contenders tournament was going to be Macho Mage and Umbra with Umbra winning and then being the one to dethrone Tana. However, (laughs) after the second session when Macho Mage had his second match and then showed a lot of heart, I'm like, okay, we're changing this right fucking now. Because I was just like, I love... I liked my original plan, but because of player action from you, Adolfo, I was just like, nah, we're going to make this happen. I, I don't think we're going to do it until I did the save as well. Yes, that actually did help a little bit, too, because you did the save and then just the description from Adolfo of how he wins the match. I'm like, I cannot. I can't do. I can't keep this dude. So at that point, I was like, OK, we're going to get him as far as we can. I still planned him on losing the big one, but it would be a good confidence booster. And like story-wise, management will see, hey, this jobber still has it. And then as we kept going and going, ultimately the moment that made me to change my decision to have him win was when the D4s came out in the match at the pay-per-view. And then we have Axel being a distraction, helping to see if he can get you the big win. I'm like, fuck it. I'm like, Macho Mage is going to be IAW champion now. <laughs> My music he gave me at her. Macho Mage is supposed to lose. I don't think has lost yet. He <laughs> lost yeah. his first match. He lost his first match. Lost my first oh, yeah. match. That's right. That's right. Okay. But like, but yeah. then once the number one yeah. contenders tournament kicked off, 
He's won every single match, and he beat the champion to become yeah, new IAW champion. He has a better record than technically than I do right now. I, 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 I just want to say that I intended to lose like every match. So <laughs> once the Macho Mage started like winning and shit, like you don't, you have no idea the amount of like mental like scurrying. And I don't know if you saw on camera, but like I had all my papers. I'm like. <laughs> like shuffling through all my papers like what the fuck do i do oh my god i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> i was like i was completely tossed for loop so it's like a new challenge for you it's like like i'm giving all this opportunity to win and i'm getting pushed to win how the fuck do i lose <laughs> i built this character to lose how is this <laughs> it's just like the universe is like no you must win now my son yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's great Biggest reveal of the entire thing was listening to his true voice. Oh, oh my god! god. Oh, that's cool. Yes, yes. That's okay, so let's talk funniest. about that. So, oh god damn it! I never, I've never talked to Adolfo about it. I was just like, hey, we should do a bit with his real voice. I literally put him on the spot, and once again, you came through because improv. Yes, and you just re rolled with it, and then once that voice was revealed. We all saw our reactions on camera, but I was dying of laughter. I was just like, this is gold. I thought about Wish I was there it. for that. Oh, that was incredible. Yes, it was. That I was, was ridiculous. Also, also, I find it funny that everyone don't knew each other from IDW beforehand as well. Okay, so that's the thing, because like... We never established previous relationships. We're just like, yeah, we're putting on a show and all that good stuff. Which actually, so this is actually going to be a question for you, John, because re during a flashback during the pay-per-view, when you had that flashback of you meeting Axel for the first time, and then I was just like, the hint of cynicism is just right there, and then there's some pain pills, and then he's all chipper and happy. I'm like, wait, what the fuck did just happen? Are we like, is... Are, is there an underlying angle that we're gonna go with There's in the future? So like, much what? revealed just that little flashback. I was like, well, "What the hell is yeah. happening?" <laughs> Part of that was discovering that in the moment because you kind of fed this. Hey, here's a flashback. Okay, sure, this happened. Oh, this happened. Maybe it went like this. And just following the chain of I mean, yes and improv for sure, but also discovering these new things. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> say. I'm gonna say. Uh, Mikey, thanks for not giving me a flashback because that gives me more time to establish that stuff in my head. It's great. I think it's. Did you, did you catch Axel's? Axel's little thing in that one too? I'm not sure if you caught that. Oh, yeah, all of them. Axel's original cool. MMA reporter tried to kill him. That's why he left. I think that. He put him in a is... fight with the guy that was trying to. That I was paid to try to kill him <laughs> in the fight. That's why he Mikey... got so many times. It's a matter of time, Mikey, before a promotion or wrestling company s steals this idea from you. The idea that there's a history with these characters in a way that's not just one that's here that we created in this universe, one that goes back, way back. That's all, That's the contested realm of some of this pro wrestling stuff, right? It's not so much, yeah, we came up together. It's like the scene behind the scene that's canon, which is like, really, really I'm cool. I find it interesting now that John was originally a janitor and has become one of the managers there. I wonder. <laughs> that's just it's, it's and honestly, man. okay. Again, a little bit of wrestling history here. I think what makes some of the more compelling storylines is if there, there's an added bit of really backstories of a lot of this and not ones that are manufactured. So, what I can think of in recently within the last two years or so I think a really good one that was real stakes with actual real things involved with it I would say again I'm not an AW fanboy but they've been right there's still some stuff I critique but they are doing a lot of right by the audience the thing I really enjoyed was the realism that was thrown into the brief Eddie Kingston versus CM Punk feud like that promo segment, I was just like, oh, okay, it's another match on the pay-per-view. And that specific segment where they started going at each other and bringing in their real-life relationship and experiences with each other, that ended up being like, all right, this is one of the top matches I'm excited for to see at this pay-per-view because of how much 
was real stuff being added, but it wasn't manufactured. It was authentic and raw and real. <laughs> There's two, I know, and this is old WWE, this is early 2000 WWE. The Matt Hardy versus Edge, because at the time, Lita was dating Matt Hardy and cheated on her with uh, with Adam Cole and Edge, and they picked him up. They pushed his actual angle, but they fucked up because it gave Edge the win. Kind of. They messed up. They didn't get the, the main, but it pushed Edge to be the biggest heel on the planet. And then years later, when Brock Lesnar made his initial return to WWE, when his match against John Cena, and they had Edge come out of retirement to do the promo with Cena. That was awesome to me. Telling me, like, hey, Cena, you gone soft, dude. Like, that whole promo, talking about their history to get Cena prepped for the match, to me was awesome. Vince McMahon and WWE in general have gotten a lot of shit from pro wrestlers and fans for the last 50 years for actually using personal shit in the matches. Like, exploiting divorces and totally crushing and pushing over people. Lex Luger got caught up in a bunch of stuff. Chris Benoit got caught up in a bunch of things. Like, all these personal lives, Miss Elizabeth and all the hor horrific things. And there's something to it not to go full acting teacher, but if you can't live in the moment on your own, you don't... And now you're putting all this personal stuff out there? That's going to just blow out your psyche. That's not good for you. <laughs> so, that stuff gets crazy. And There's also got to be a, a weight in just living that life. Because, like, you are on the road for a better part of the year. Oh, yeah. 200 shows a year? Yeah. 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 And and you're like, it's almost like running a Broadway show consistently because you're just like, your adrenaline, you can't go into the show flat. You're, oh. The adrenaline's always so high. I mean, it's probably it's, harder than a Broadway because at least in yeah. Broadway, you have insurance and you live in the town and yeah. you have well, a swing well, no, and you that, have days off. Not even that. If Okay. Sorry here. Broadway person who studies Broadway a lot. Not even then you're safe for Broadway shows. But in Broadway shows, I'm going to use Wicked as an example. One of the best musicals. Watch it. Have some problems with it. Would state reasons why later. But they have a constant character for Wicked. In Glenda, they always had to be Glenda. They always got to be the puffy, cheery girl most of the time. They don't have to change after every single play that they do. Like, for example, Glenda now knows how to use a... has beaten Isabel up, and that's canon for all the other shows now. That's been yeah. canon. They don't have to worry about that. They got the constant time reset where they're like, okay, show's done. Reset to the beginning. We're good. For wrestling, they don't have that. Everything that happens after that point, it happens. You can't just go back and say, oh, that didn't happen. And you imagine doing that show and then drive to the next town. Yeah. If you don't get a break, you have to get in the car and drive 12 hours to the next place. Yeah, time for double. You pay for your own travel. Yep. And then, and also this it's is... that whole, it's that whole, like when an actor or actress plays a role, so it kind of like sticks with them. You know? Like whenever anyone, kind of like when I was a little kid, I saw the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov at, at the airport. They were in character, but like, I was scared because I was like, oh, that's the Iron Sheik and, a, and Nikolai Volkov, ooh, a Russian. And like, not only a heel, but also a good guy. Like I couldn't imagine walking around as John Cena when he was like the total pretty boy good guy and just be, like not being able to like say the word fuck. You know what I mean? Because you have an army of little kids just brokenhearted. Or hell, let's in the height of Hulkamania, when he was telling you to eat your vitamins and do all the things. Well, could you? Could, I remember when WCW when Hulk Hogan came back, and he was Dark Hogan for lack of a better term. Right. Dude, I was floored. Yeah. I I honestly felt like a part of me was like just ripped to shreds but then i was like dude he is an actor that is what that's what they that's what they got to do and for hogan he was at least able to do the dark hogan bit at least he didn't have the problem like c3po's actor where that's all he's known for and that's all he does oh, and, yeah. he and at least for other wrestlers they're willing to like let go of some titles sometimes but c3po is like no well, the C-3PO guy was the only tall gay man that could fit in the suit. Let's be real. There's the only other way to find that guy in London. There's no way. 
Yeah, but no, I like Keen refuses for anyone else to play C3 and PO. Sure. That's an act that's the option they give, right? Like sometimes like, do you want to do the video game? It's only a few lines. Absolutely I want to do this. Some actors hate No, he no. The worst part is he absolutely hates it. Does he really? Yeah, he hates it, and he still does it. And I'm like, why don't you do something else? He's like, this is the only thing which I did a job for. This is all I can do now. I mean, shit, take that George Lucas money. I don't have a problem with that. Man. Take it every time. <laughs> I got no problem and, with that. And it brings an interesting perspective, too, because, like, the way that I view it, I, I love being a wrestling fan, but I can't imagine being a wrestling only from the aspect, depending on which company you're with and how much creative freedom you're allowed to have i can't even imagine how hard it is to always be reinventing your character so it doesn't grow stale or you don't end up getting typecasted but then you also run the risk too is that depending on where you go some people don't let you be creative at all and so like it sucks because it's like you're as a wrestler, it's like a D&D class. You're playing an archetype, and you're that archetype. And very rarely do we get to see really nice added dimension with the characters, which is one of the things is because, of course, like in the wrestling world, you have heels and then you have your faces. Those are like your two main branches of whether you're a good guy or a bad guy. And initially, when we started this, I was just like, okay, every some people are heels, some are faces. But then as the game progressed, I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to harp on them to stay within those roles because, like anything, it evolves and changes in accordance to the reaction of what is happening. So I think that's one aspect of the game that I'm kind of a little loosed with, which I feel like most wrestling now, depending if on the wrestlers a lot of them are more the in-betweeners they can be face they can be heel they can be a little bit of both and i think that adds a little more freedom to be dynamic versus like the characters that were wrestling like in the 80s and then attitude era the early 2000s and then what we're looking at now it has progressed and evolved in many different ways and so something genuine about that that was sort of brian pillman scott hall and steve austin who changed the world because it's sort of you're going to be heels and the audience is going to hate you but every time they came out there they were adored by everyone and it screwed up every story every plot line everything because they were all cheering for the bad guys that's what drove bret hart crazy it's like why are you cheering for the heel i'm the good guy and then it made bret hart a heel when he wasn't supposed to be like all kinds of things that evolved in that and I think it's it's a long-winded way of saying we're just getting a tiny taste of it playing this game. It's so ridiculous complicated. The archetypes and story and just how these things evolve and why. Vince Russo still sucks, but creating and discovering <laughs> your own story, it's not yep. something to be taken lightly because you're really impacting a lot of stuff. And I think well, that... I mean, go for it. I'm sorry. I was going to say, in, in, in regards to that comment, John made. Look at the Montreal screw job. Yeah. That that's the, the big the biggest example of that in history. Fine, I'll lose for you, but let me lose on my terms. Screw him. Right. Nope. And now yep. you're Sean Michaels is like, oh my god, the younger tech is gonna beat the shit out of me. Like they're and they're like all within <laughs> you watch that documentary, like they're reliving it. Like they're all like yeah. terrified. Yeah. There's yep. gonna be a fight with a lot of dudes that if they decide to fight, no one's gonna stop them. Yep. <laughs> like who's and all of them at their peak. What was that? Two thousand? Was it ninety nine? Two thousand? Like yeah, ninety nine, two thousand. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yep. Like those, all at their peak. No one's and gonna stop any of those. <laughs> no, and they were on camera. Yeah, on camera. It's not like they could be like shut the camera off or like, close the door. And they were on camera. And like the, the feelings that that Bret Hart felt and that his family felt, those were raw. You saw him going through that hallway, tossing those garbage cans, and that wasn't, he was not playing. He wanted to beat the crap out of uh, He did. He punched, he, he punched things in the face. Yeah, yeah. but there was going to be like a naked knife fight in that locker room. There was nothing they could do to stop it. It was, it was in, the best good job was in 97. 97? Oh, wow. That was even farther back than I thought. That's incredible. And it's just like, I'm again. learning so much wrestling history. Oh, you my <laughs> like, friend. It is yeah. like a Pandora's box. There is so yeah. much, but I've got the more it's so fascinating. <laughs> it really oh, is. This is. This is. I gotta watch this. Like I gotta watch the documentary version of this. This is better than Agents of Shield. Oh. I would agree with you. I, 
Because it's theater and folklore and physicality, and it's there's a sense and of reality there. That's just. And we <laughs> talked about that the very first episode in episode zero that this is what made this really fun with a bunch of theater people on here is the fact that that's what wrestling is it's theater in just a different way and a different format i have a an acquaintance friend that i've married who's a canadian guy really sweet man who was a professional wrestler for a few years broke his neck couldn't wrestle anymore he did some undercard work up in Canada and was on his way and then got injured and sadly couldn't do it anymore. But even when I speak to him about it, it's not so much that he misses the matches or the physical, of course, because, you know, you wish you were in shape again. But there's the sense of being in the theater. There's the sense of being present in the moment and the madness and the story that's addictive and you miss it because you're creative. And I think it's something that with kayfabe it kept wrestling back in my opinion for like 50 years because everyone thought it was a carnival game it's not it's there's real shit underneath i love that i'm talking about the first first speaking back to everybody being in theater it's all the theater guys are just me yeah that was here that's right <laughs> was, was like, i pulled a jock i played football uh, <laughs> but, even, but okay I was so the, in a I was, weird way i was the guy in the back of the school who just listens to music videos hey <laughs> that's fine that's the thing but okay, so for you, Mitty, you bring up an excellent point. But I feel like even with athletes, there is still a. We've had. I feel like we've had this conversation before. But even still, there's a aspect of performance when it comes to being an athlete. You are technically acting is just in a different capacity on a different stage. It's that your theater comes from competing in competition and winning and things like that. But you're performing just in a different way than most theater or even band like people are is that you're channeling it for through something and you're performing it's just yet your performance is based on your physical capability instead of the more abstract creative capability welcome to our deep welcome to our deep talk about acting and wrestling (laughs) all right i'm also a musician so i'll tell you i'm never get away with well no because i think it's and i teach this in one of my theater classes not to go full professor fucking again. I hate it when I do this. But there's the rich, there's the ritual, there's the performance, and then there's the theater, right? There's the thing, the ritual that we give to the community or to the gods. There's the performance, what we do in the moment. And the story is either assigned in the moment or after the fact. So it's sort of, yeah, I, we were on the 20-yard line. There was three seconds left. We needed a touchdown to win. There's your story. There's the theater. Whether that goes one way or another is up to you. Is it we, your own we, story or somebody else's? We give the art of theater of to the gods. What do we sacrifice? Our livelihoods. Yeah. That was no, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and many and, a surgery. Oh, <laughs> but all to say too is like circling around back to what started this whole kind of conversation too is just the theater and the character and the dimensions that wrestlers can have. Can going back to what I said, I wasn't. Because when you gave me Macho Mage as being a jobber, I'm like, okay, I'm going to play off the archetype. He either loses all the time or he gets close but never has won the big one. And then as it progressed and through just character interactions of happening and just how everything unfolded, I was just like, I can't not let this man have a win. I cannot. So then I was like, he's still going to lose in the end, but I think it will be a nice like underdog story. I'm like, okay, we're going to go from jobber to underdog story. And then once you pulled out the D4s and the distraction happened at the pay-per-view, I was just like, fuck it. He has to win this. I have to give this to it. And honestly, I'm okay that none of what I had originally planned played out. But honestly, I think this ended up being a lot better than what I had originally planned. Because honestly, I just reacted to what was happening and the choices that you made, Adolfo. And I was just like, I have to give it to him. This is I cannot reward it. And that's the thing. That's always the fine line as a game master is that everyone's different, but I want to reward my players for being able to make me feel some sort of reaction or emotion. And I'm just watching this. I was like, nah, he has to win this. This is I cannot give him the big one here. I cannot, especially then when we introduced it was a joke that he has a fan club. I was like, ah, shit. Now I can't make him lose. <laughs> I gave yeah. all those guys the names, too. Yeah, and then once you part. gave him the names, I'm like, ah, shit. Now I really can't make him lose here. And that's why you're sort of as promoter now. Like, you're stuck because if someone's supposed to lose, but they're winning the, over the crowd every time, 
They have alchemical symbols on their cloak and they can say fancy Latin in that dialect. They're gonna win. Like, you can't not. <laughs> well, even, though, even. Okay, let me put it this way. Even then, if I was DM, I'd be like, no. But it's just everything that built up to it as well. That's what changed that way. Like, as soon as I gave the fans name, I'm like, that's gonna help a little bit. If I was the DM and they had names, I'm like, I would agree with Mikey. I can't let him lose almost. It's like, why did you give him names? It sells tickets. Like you're, that's, that character sells tickets. Expelium Patronum. Like, yeah, how do you not? Oh, it's so good. It's, it writes itself. But yeah. Mackie, so, here's a question. Did you ever expect that Axel and Bjorn would even be in a tag team in a, to begin with? Mm. Let's oh, talk about that yeah. craziness. So, oh, okay. okay. I don't yeah, think so, that would have ever happened if it wasn't for me making you evil. I'm gonna be <laughs> so, straight okay. up and so, honest. So let's go back. So into the cremp of the, what has this podcast? The Sorry, because the cremp is that a the word? Cremp. cremp. It is now. <laughs> cremp sounds del- cremp sounds delicious. Jeez, I want some please. cremp. What is I don't cremp? Dip my cremp I in my. Got it. I was no. I was like, is this like shrimp but chips? Shrimp and chips? They're cremps. I was thinking more of a baked item with like filling. <laughs> <laughs> that's damn, that's more of a tasty thing. Yeah, more of a. Oh, yeah, yeah, I buy that. Uh, you know what? Now I'm gonna be evil because now you're all making fun of my vocabulary. No, cramp like it was hey. a real word, and I was hey, just. Like, I'm, I'm glad you laughed at my joke. I'm glad you found that funny. I just. I, Let's get I can't breathe. Let's get back to the cramp, the baked goods, or your top. Anyways, all right. So I think. So, editing point. What I'm about to <laughs> editing point. What I'm about to say. Just know we're not ending the actual episode, but we're going to end this section of it. The crap, right? Then we're going to just jump straight into the next one. <laughs> so, back into the episode. So I think this is a good stopping point for this point. So. When we come back with next episode, we're going to get into the cramp that is this tag team, this new IAW tag team champion. And then we're also going to talk about the Bedlam Break Championship and then also the shenanigans that has happened once we started adding the manager into the whole story. I would like to ask if we can name this wrestling history and actor talk. There's either that or or we could add. Or cramp, or there's also the previous talk. It was just it's like, what makes a faction? Three is a threesome, four is a gangbang? Question mark. That were the two. Or the regular faction. Three over one. That's a mistake. Point of information: Cramp stands for is an acronym for the Coral Reef Evaluation and Monitor- Monitoring Project. I oh it is a real gosh. word. No, 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 you no, used no, a real word. I did not. Okay. And you not, might not, not have used it correctly, but you used a real word. Okay, and on that it... note, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> thank you for tuning well, in to another episode of Friday Night Fight. It's time to hide the bus, everyone. <laughs> when we come back with next episode, we're going to continue to talk about this and see what other kinds of conversations are happening. So... Thank you for listening to this chaotic episode. I hope you learned a little bit of something from me and my amazing cast of players here of Friday Night Fights. As always, remember, thank you for listening. Take care of one another. Love each other. And as always, let the good times roll. See you next episode.